1: Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, July 19th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Steve Hellwagon. Steve, Big Ten Media Days are this week, Thursday and Friday in Indianapolis. Now, usually Big Ten Media Days are held in Chicago. They didn't have Big Ten Media Days last year. We didn't even know if there was going to be a season at this time last year. I'm psyched up, man. I'm excited we're finally here. Big Ten Media Days, the end of this week, Thursday and Friday. Ohio State stuff for the listeners out there. All of Ohio State stuff will be on Friday. They split up. They go seven teams on Thursday, seven teams on Friday. All of Ohio State stuff will be on Friday. We will be there covering it. Steve, it's interesting it's going to be an Indy, not Chicago. Every year that I've covered it, it's been in Chicago. Do you think this is like a one-year thing, moving it to Indy? Or do you think this might be a, a permanent location for Big Ten Media Days?
0: I think they might want to see how this goes and see how well it's attended. I think for most people in the Big Ten who cover the Big Ten and for the coaches and the players – and all the administrators that come to it. Um, You know, Chicago is probably more accessible by airplane. And they also have always done a kickoff luncheon, which is usually drawn about 1500 to 2000 people in a big ballroom, either at the convention center hotel, I think it's a Hyatt, or at the Hilton downtown, one or the other, or they've had it at the Marriott as well, I guess, up on Michigan Avenue, Uh, Before as well, but uh, they usually fill up a big ballroom with fans for a 2000 seat uh, luncheon, which is kind of cool. But for the media and the coaches and the players, it would seem Chicago is more accessible. But in this case, I think with COVID and everything else that's going on, Indianapolis made a little bit more sense. They already have the contact there with the building. The building is basically sitting empty, the Lucas Oil Stadium. So they were happy to get the the booking, I guess, here in July. And that's where it's going to be this time. So we'll see how it goes, see if people are able to find their way there, see if people want to come there. That's the big thing this year with COVID. How many media people really are going to go out of their way uh, to come and cover this? Is it going to be archived so that if you didn't come, you can still have access to all the uh, all the information, I don't know, but uh, we're looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, this is going to be uh, going to be a lot of fun later this week.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. Um, all right, let's get into biggest storylines for Ohio State. We'll look around the Big Ten here in a minute. But um, what do you think the biggest storylines for the Buckeyes are going to be uh, when Ryan Day and, and the three-player reps – by the way, the three-player reps, we'll get into them in a minute too, but Chris Olave, Thayer Mumford, Zach Harrison are the player reps. What do you think the biggest storylines for Ohio State's going to be?
0: Well, to me, it's pretty simple. I think it's two huge storylines for this team. And uh, the first one is obviously the quarterback situation. The quarterback is going to be surrounded, in my opinion, by 10 players who have experience, who may not all be returning starters per se, but guys who have played and proven themselves, I think, at this level. And I think it's incumbent on those guys to play their best football to make it easier on the quarterback. Who is that quarterback? Uh, Ryan Day is going to be besieged by that question. C.J. Stroud, uh, Jack Miller, and uh, Kyle McCord, you know, the three guys battling for the job. And I think that uh, Coach Day is going to be asked, how are you going to make that decision? When are you going to make that decision? And so on. And is it possible that they could play two quarterbacks? I think all these questions are going to come up. Uh, during the, uh, the media day for him in, in regards to the quarterback position. The other big storyline to me is the defense. And this one's kind of divided into two parts. Is the scheme going to be better than what we saw last season? <clears throat> That's the first one. And secondly, are, is the personnel going to be better than what we saw last season? Those are two huge questions. And, uh, you know, uh, Kerry Combs has had the entire offseason to study what happened last year. And to try and come up with a scheme that fits the players the best. So, in my opinion, you look at it and you just say, "Hey, uh, get into preseason camp and uh, build the defense and uh, and put the personnel in the right spots so that they can all uh, flourish within that defense." So, to me, those are the uh, <clears throat> excuse me the two biggest things that I'll be looking for. Really, three if you count the, the defense as two of them.
1: Yeah, I think you nailed it there. Um, all right, look around the conference for me. The 13 other teams. What's the biggest storyline you see out there? Is it Jim Harbaugh? Could it be his last year? What, what do you see as the biggest storyline when you look at the other 13 teams?
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of questions Jim Harbaugh is going to lower himself to answer because there's going to be a lot of them from maybe not necessarily the Michigan media because they don't want to burn any bridges, but uh, possibly uh, you know some of the other media are going to come at him and – and say, is this going to be it for you? And, and how have you let it get this bad? And, uh, you know, everything else that, uh, I mean, they're picked fourth in the 24-7 sports uh, Eastern Division poll. Uh, uh, Steele, Phil Steele had a number 60 in the country. Uh, this is usually the number 15 team every year <laughs> in the preseason poll. And now they're number 60. So I think people have caught on that it is not working out for him at uh, Michigan. So I think that's the big one. Uh, welcome back to Brett Bielema at Illinois. What's it going to take to get Illinois, which has really been through two terrible decades of football, uh, what's it going to take to get them back uh, on top in the, in the Big Ten? The West, to me, is wide open. Um, I mean, it's not like there's an Ohio State on that side of the ledger. To where Illinois can you know Maryland and Rutgers ain't winning that division but Illinois you know with a couple good recruiting classes could shoot back up to the top of that thing so you know um what what's it going to take for Brett Bielema to get that thing uh going again beyond that uh, you know Iowa uh Kirk Ferentz is kind of getting on in the years and and And, you know, they've had a Wisconsin monkey on their back here. They just can't beat Wisconsin. And that's what's cost them the division in recent years. Can Iowa rise up and and be the best team in the West this year? Scott Frost, is this, you know, is this a make or break year for him? They just changed athletic directors at Nebraska, bringing in Trev Alberts, who really has no ties to Scott Frost other than the fact they're both former players at Nebraska, is he going to be under a more discerning eye this year? Uh, you know, is he going to get him beyond five and seven and get him into a bowl game this year and maybe contend in the West? So those are probably four or five of my overlying uh, storylines that I see. Uh, Indiana, was it a one hit wonder or will they be uh, back up there, you know, in the top two or three in the East? Uh, you know, they beat Penn state, they beat Michigan. They did, so many huge things last season. So, um, you know, I want to see, can they carry it over? So those are probably, probably the ones that I'm looking at. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions about last year and everything
1: people went through, um, you know, the players, the coaches and whether or not the big 10 screwed up and, I, for one, think the Big Ten did screw up. Kevin Warren, his leadership uh, was, uh, was missing in action. We'll put it that way. And some of these university presidents were just as much to blame, like Schlissel up at Michigan and some others. Kevin Warren, do you think we're going to hear from Kevin Warren? And how much do you think he's going to be grilled?
0: Yeah, supposedly he's going to do about a half hour with uh, the podium. And my guess is he's going to filibuster for about 15 <laughs> minutes of that. With or 30 minutes, minutes of it. Or 30 minutes of it with the great accomplishments of the Big Ten and, and everything else. But, uh, you know, um, I give him credit. If he's going to answer questions, uh, he should be ready because he doesn't do it very often. And there's going to be a lot of people lying in wait uh, to ask him just exactly what was going through, you know, his mind as, uh, he, you know, shut off the faucet on big 10 football and then turned it back on and just how disjointed everything was last year. And, uh, obviously some things have come to light since then. Uh, the, the email that, uh, was shared from Ohio state's president that, uh, he had questioned the, uh, the uh, uh, I forget what authenticity, what I was, yeah, the authenticity. authenticity of the letter. Thank yes. you. Yes, that's the proper word. Question the authenticity of the response from the Ohio State parents of being so upset that there's no season. Uh, you know, who who the hell is he to question anybody's authenticity? And and why the hell would you ever think that? I I, I don't. I I'm I'm confused. Who, who he is to believe that, that the parents didn't accept that decision. I mean, it just, I, I, and to question their motives. I, I, I don't know where he gets off if that's true. Uh, so that's a, that's a tough one he may have to answer to because, uh, you know, their response was 100% genuine, was 100% transparent, and his most certainly was not. So uh, to hide in the bunker... After the original uh, announcement, uh, that was just ridiculous to me. So, um, you know, only answer questions from handpicked media who they thought would be sympathetic to the Big Ten. Uh, Just just ridiculous to me, not allowing schools to play on their own if the Big Ten wasn't going to play. Just ridiculous to me. The idea that there'd be a a fall or rather a spring or or a winter spring season, just ridiculous to me. So, you know, a lot of questions, not many answers. Uh, Did they finally relent and have a season? Yeah. And it was kind of like they treated it with, well, you're getting your season after all. Quit, you know, quit bothering us. You know, this is what you all wanted. So, you know, whatever. Um, Be interesting to see how he's received, I guess. But you're right. That, I mean, of all the things
1: that he did, that's, that might be the, the worst look of all, of them all. And there's, there's a long list of bad looks for Kevin Warren, but, like, questioning the auth- authenticity of that letter. And then Christina Johnson's response was hilarious to Gene Smith. Like, I, I can't believe it. She was, like, flabbergasted. She couldn't even believe that that he was uh, doing that. So, yeah, that might be the thing I'm looking forward to the most is hearing Kevin Warren get grilled. But like you said, maybe don't get our hopes up too much because he's probably going to filibuster as much as he can. All right, last thing, as promised. So the three-player reps for Ohio State – Chris Olave, Thayer Mumford, Zach Harrison. I guessed right on two of them. I guessed Olave and Mumford. I guessed Haskell Garrett would be the defensive rep for the Buckeyes we bring bringing Zach Harrison. Now, I think one of the reasons was talking to somebody about Ohio State was they didn't want every question for Haskell Garrett to be. So what was it like getting shot in the face? Like, oh, it, it hurt. It was not fun. Um, that, that's how it felt. They figured, you know, half the questions were going to be, especially from non-Ohio State people, we're going to be about you know the incident that happened last year with Haskell, so they didn't want him to deal with that. So they're bringing Zach Harrison. Uh, I like this group, Olave, Mumford, and Zach Harrison. Your thoughts, Steve?
0: Yeah, I think uh, typically I like the idea that a, a senior is going to be rewarded uh, for passing up the chance of going to the NFL, which Olave and Mumford both did. We can debate where they were going to be selected and how they can improve their stock if they both have injury-free outstanding seasons in 2021 but uh, those two guys are leaders and great players uh, in their own right no question and potential all-americans no doubt Uh, Olave to me is is if he puts even more polish on his game he is going to be a very difficult person for defenses to contend with and obviously he's got his running buddy Garrett Wilson right there with him and Jackson Smith the Jigba looks like he's ready to step up there as well so uh, good call there on Olave. I would agree on Munford certainly. Uh, now a fifth year player, I believe. And then, um, Zach Harrison to hear Ryan day, talk about it. Uh, he was one of the hardest workers, I guess, during the off season and has decided, you know, that, that he wants to really, really improve off what was an okay year last year in, in the seven or eight game season. And now, uh, He wants to take his game to another level, and if he's able to do that, maybe he could be regarded, along with Chase Young and the Bosa brothers, as another one of the great defensive ends at Ohio State, so he's got some NFL aspirations, could leave after this upcoming season as well. So yes, three very good representatives, solid citizens, and uh, look forward to hearing what they have to say about what's happened at Ohio State. During this offseason, really since spring football ended, and obviously what they're hoping for in the upcoming season, 2021, uh, man, it was just just over six months ago when Ohio State lost the national championship game to Alabama in mid-January, early January, and now here we are getting ready to talk football again for 2021. It's
1: almost here, Bucknutters. Great stuff from Steve Hellwagon. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. <laughs>